um, human beings are gamers. We love games. We love doing what can be measured. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So whatever is easy to measure versus more important, uh, guess what? The what's easy to measure, whether it's GDP, which is easy to measure and hence that hence drives so much of our behavior versus what is right to measure. Welcome to Next Big Watt Radio, where one of India's longest running media platforms documenting startups, technology, product and digital transformation. We bring multiple lenses to entrepreneurship, scaling businesses, mindfulness and much more. Our mission and mantra is singular. Build, grow, repeat. Welcome to the Ashish Sena show. Our guest for this episode is Mikin Maheshwari, the founder and CEO of Udyam Learning Foundation. An engineer by education, Mikin has had entrepreneurial roles throughout his career. Notably, he joined Flipkart in 2009 to head technology. After having built a strong technology foundation and a great team, he moved on to running two new businesses before finally heading their HR for his last 2 years at Flipkart. Now at Udyam, which is a not-for-profit organization, he is focused on inculcating an entrepreneurial mindset amongst school students as well as enabling micro-entrepreneurs with consulting and group coaching. This interview is being released in two parts. In the first part, we focused on Mekin's journey with Flipkart, and in the second and concluding part, we explored his work with Udyam Learning Foundation and the Indian education system. In this conversation with Ashish Sinha, founder and CEO of Next Big Watt, you will hear about how Udyam aims to change the education system, the work they are doing with state governments, as well as the philosophy in helping micro entrepreneurs scale. So moving on to Udyam, right? So I, I think uh, so. So what are you doing? What's your core hypothesis over there? I think the so two parts to it, and maybe let me talk about them separately. But first is just the overall belief that there is just much higher human potential than we are currently operating at. Yes. It's a very abstract statement. I'll make it easier. to understand um so let's take our schooling system let's take our education system and our education system uh, enables young people to learn a bunch of uh, huge amount of knowledge uh, a lot of which now today is available on the tip of a button uh, some skills like especially performing and writing under pressure yeah. uh, so right being able to write exams uh, coping with that pressure competition is another large piece that it teaches us uh, and so on right but if you if you compare this knowledge set of knowledge and skills versus what what enables people to succeed in life there's a massive gap right and people can succeed in many 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 different ways and that's the potential i'm talking about like people can succeed by communicating well and the only form of communication that gets tested in our school system is written communication If you are a great orator, uh, you will not do well probably yeah. in our schooling system. And unfortunately, our gates of access are gated by the schooling system. That oh, if you didn't get to go to the top school, if you didn't secure X percentage and X grades, uh, you don't have access yes. to a whole bunch of things. And I feel like that has to change, right? Uh, another key piece that we at Udyam believe in is that. autonomy and decision making is extremely important 
for learning. Like you learn when you have made a decision and things went a certain way or didn't go a certain way. And that's when you learn that. So, but if all the decisions in a student's life are made by parents and teachers, uh, which today they are, yeah. uh, including probably the science, commerce, arts decision that students have to make at 11th and 12th, then they don't ha- they don't learn from their decisions because they've not made any decisions. Yeah. And suddenly at 24, 25, they're thrown into life and like, oh, make decisions. Yeah. They fail at that point in time, the whole self-confidence is gone. And how do we enable them to start practicing decision-making exactly. as early as 14, yeah. right? And as they start making decisions, they realize that, oh, I made this decision, it didn't work well, here's what I would learn, right? But otherwise, right now, all the learning is theoretical and intellectual, which is like, oh, this is what we learn from maths or science or social science and history, but how does it apply to me is absent. Um, So, again, that's the abstract part of the philosophy behind what we do. Uh, More tangibly, Udyam works on building entrepreneurial mindsets through experiential learning, uh, which is connected to the real world and believes in very high amounts of student autonomy. So as an example, some of the first pilots we tried out were students running business projects uh, with a loan of five to 10,000 rupees that we would provide to them, which they would have for two to four weeks. And at the end of it, if they could, then they would try and return the loan. Any profits that they make is theirs. Who would decide business ideas? Students. Uh, Would we mentor them around business? No. Uh, And principals were aghast at some of this. It's like, can you know so much about business? Why can't you tell them about business? I'm like, the point is not for this business to succeed. Mekin can run businesses, but that's not the point. The point is for this person to actually, or this group to actually try things and see where that goes. Uh, They realize that, oh, this is not a good business and hence I should be in this business is a great learning, right? They realize that this is not the market or this is not the time that you can't sell food at 3 p.m. because people have had lunch. That realization happening is very, very important for them. It's their minds and their brains working that we are working towards. So we started out with pilots like that. Um, It was very interesting that about 14, 15 months back, last in December 2018, yeah, uh, the Delhi government reached out to us saying that, hey, they want to build uh, an entrepreneurship curriculum. And uh, so I spoke to Manish Sisodia and thankfully he was like, hey, I don't care about teaching them account and marketing. I'm like, great, because if you want that, then I'm not the person. Uh, it is about self-awareness, self-belief, experimentation, great. Uh, those are the kind of things that we want to build. Like, that's fantastic. So that's exactly what I'm doing and would happy to, would be happy to partner partnered with the Delhi government, onboarded a whole bunch of other people, built a collaborative. And that project in about six months uh, led to the launch of what's called EMC, mm-hmm. uh, Entrepreneurship Mindset Curriculum, which 7,50,000 students in Delhi government schools creates 9 to 12th experience as the first period every day. Right? Wow. 35, 35 minutes for every day is on this. And it is... It is basically simple things, simple activities like, okay, let's make the, as an in groups of four to five, make the tallest tower possible. Full stuff, right? So some people might stack up books. Some people might turn a table upside down. Some people might stand on each other's uh, shoulders. But it is a non-convergent problem that students get exposure to and start thinking and solving. So enabling them to see that, oh, there are many, many ways of solving a problem. So from... 
from that to playing Chinese whisper. And then at the end of having played Chinese whisper, the teacher gently asks you, but what if this was a life-threatening situation? Yeah. Right. And then students suddenly are like, oh man, uh, the fun yeah. drops. And then they play Chinese whisper again. And then realize that, oh, yes, if I do focus, I can actually pay attention and listen and take care in my communication so that I'm clear because what I need to communicate is important. Yeah. Um, so things like that, being able to build some of these foundational abilities um, amongst uh, amongst young people. So this is... Delhi is our largest project. Haryana is another large state. We've tried work in Kerala, having conversations with Assam and Maharashtra. Um, so that's the effort is to basically start building some of these pieces of decision making, problem solving, um, foundational self belief and confidence, uh, thinking, allowing people to think about there's not one way but many ways. So creativity in solving problems are the kind of things that we are building. Very interesting. So, uh, I mean, what do you think is going to be the future of jobs itself? Because um, fundamentally, I mean, if you look at any report, any data, then, you know, jobs are going to get tougher and tougher. Uh, people will have to start. They have to run their businesses or build kind of skills yeah. which can pay for. In that one and a half year break that I talked about, I end up thinking quite a bit about this. Right? So as a technology leader, I led to enough automation. Uh, right, so the Flipkart warehouse is going from zero percent automation to ninety percent automation. Uh, right, and as HR, I had had to let go enough people. And like you've you've hired, you've had a very large number of people for a big billion day. Right, and once the peak is over, you do not need them. We got smarter about it and more humane about it, uh, in ensuring that these were people coming in only for short term contracts. Uh, but if you think about it, that what's happening is you are able to now create value. So companies are able to create value with fewer and fewer people. So if you were to just look at the metric of market cap divided by number of employees and look at that over the last 30 years for the largest companies in the world, it's been growing very rapidly. And if the world leaders are able to create value with fewer and fewer people, guess what the rest of the world is doing? Uh, So I, I feel... That writing is on the wall. That technology is going to lead to more and more automation and fewer and fewer jobs. The what it means for for individuals is that uh, this belief that we had earlier that hey, first 20, 25 years of your life you learn and then you earn yeah. uh, was in some sense even then a flawed belief. But now it just doesn't work. You have to keep learning. Yeah. The skills that you may have like would be outdated at max in 10 years. Right? 10 years is long. At max, right? So 10 years back, data science was not a job. Exactly. Mobile apps development was not a hot job. And today they are. 10 years later, I'm sure they will not be hot jobs. Uh, it may feel very, very hard to imagine what would it be. And I have no clue yeah. what would be the hot jobs 10 years from now. But it would not be the ones that are there today. right? So what, what hence becomes almost... So a corollary of that is experimentation and learning. Like if individuals do not learn how to experiment and learn, they would they would be dated uh, very quickly. Right? So if you're a truck driver and that's all you've done in your life, then unless that truck driver can do something else, because there will be self-driven trucks. It's a matter of time. 
Uh, right. So, so now how does that individual start figuring out what can they do and start experimenting and I feel that is going to be extremely important that the individuals yeah. continue to learn and continue to try new things. But uh, I mean at the same time I think the biggest soft skill or the biggest thing that people also need to learn is the fact that they can accept failure. Yeah. Because when you are experimenting you know I mean I, I try a lot of these experiments with my kids and you know I know that I mean, I want them to fail yeah. in many places <laughs> yeah. because uh, the, the earlier you have those, you know, experiences of failing massively and yeah. you know, even in a very small scale, uh, it kind of helps. So experimentation and learn like is actually only happening through failure. Yeah, exactly. Right? You actually, you learn very little from successes. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, you know, it's like I'm able to sing well. Um, it's very hard for you to then be able to say, oh, how are you able to think well? I just am. Yeah. Right? Versus somebody who's had to work really, really hard to get to the point where you can sing well. That person can take you through a journey of, hey, this is what, like I had difficulty in being able to differentiate these source. Yes. Right? And, and then now I'm able to do that. And this is what I have to do for that. So, like... Your successes often don't teach you a whole lot in terms of, hey, what may go wrong and what could others learn from your successes. It's far better, like at least individual learning is far deeper when you fail. So to me, experimentation and learning is joined by failures. Exactly. And even as a society, we, we still haven't matured enough to accept failures. Right? Okay. And, and I mean... I have two kids and I can tell you that when I interact with parents, I mean, I have this thing that, you know, a lot of parents are, that, you know, they just can't see their kids, like, not in the top 5%. Why is that even important? Yeah, I, I feel sad about it. I feel, uh, and it's good that we at least briefly touched upon the number of failures Flipkart had because even the startup ecosystem does not necessarily talk about like, hey, oh, what went wrong and what did yeah. we learn from some of those? We only continue to talk about, oh, this much money got raised and uh, this happened. So, so you're right that societally, uh, this is a challenge until we overcome it. Uh, all the people who overcome it are the people who are going to be learning faster and faster. And learning compounds like very few other things. Yeah. Learning compounds much faster than money. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, so if people who, who continue to learn, uh, are around, then they would grow a lot more faster. So I feel it's important that our young people uh, hopefully develop a love for learning and not the hatred that... Uh, yeah, I think that learning, you know, which is more real world, yeah. will come from those experiences. Yeah. And I mean, the way I look at it is that it ha you have to expose kids and I mean, people to experiences. Yeah. Right now it doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just look around Bangalore. Uh, gated communities, you know, there's a very safe life inside these apartments and suddenly the world outside is totally different. Right? So this was amongst the largest challenge when we started Udyam Shiksha to convince parents and, and schools that outside of these safe zones of schools and uh, gated communities or homes is where students got in out of comfort zone and faced real world and that's where learning happened. Uh, but I think over... Over the last two, three years, a lot more people have started realizing the value of it, especially after they see the results, right? Like, hey, two weeks of kids doing that, 
and parents come back and talk about how oh, my child it's become so much more responsible right they've that during the business they didn't take the auto they either uh, walked for 5 kilometers because it was their money or they would wake up at 4 in the morning to go and buy vegetables from the city market because that's when it's best and cheapest and these are kids who had to be shaken up for their board exams yeah. and that's the power of ownership and that's the power of being feeling responsible that hey this is mine so if, so i think being able to figure how do you build that ownership and motivation in your learning processes how do you make it engaging and something that they want to do yeah. versus something that the system wants to impose i feel till we solve for that there is very little learning happening yeah i mean i really don't understand why kids still need to learn say calculus say maths when you know they have zero interest in that yeah yeah um, but yeah i mean that's a <laughs> that is our ambition that hey by i am hoping that by 2025 udyams at least able to ensure that um, every child in india has had an experience of building something entrepreneurial even if it's for two weeks yeah. uh, and some of that starts starts to rub off on the other subjects mm-hmm. so it was very interesting like yesterday i was talking to bunch of education department leaders in guwahati and they were talking about making what you're doing why can't we do it with math and like, that's brilliant except that to me that's a three year journey and uh, it's far easier to start a small subject on the outside and sneak into the education system than try and reform what already exists yeah and and i think 15 years down the line whether that math is useful or not is what we need to also yeah. Right? Yeah. so being educated right i mean our generation the definition It's totally different, mm-hmm. right? What do you think 15 years from now would that mean? You know, being educated, right? What would you like it to be, or as Udyam, what do you see? I I think curiosity and ability to learn, uh, ability to experiment and try. And, uh, I I think those to me are the core are the core definitions of what being educated or what learning really really means. I do hope that along with this we are also able to inculcate uh, aspects of long term thinking uh, i feel today as a world we've become extremely short term focused and also extremely just me focused uh, so going from me to the world uh, right which includes the planet and the beings uh, along with other human beings uh, I, i i feel i hope that 10 years from now being educated implies that people have this that hey what's great for the world uh, not just me and what's what's great for the world in the long term versus exactly. next minute yeah uh, with a love for learning and curiosity is what i would hope being educated means and you work with the delhi government right so how difficult is it to convince the government to take up because it needs a back end change right yeah. they need different set of teachers they need you know they need to train the teachers also right because they absolutely were teaching biology because that boring and you know suddenly they have to get interested so that is the largest transformation needed right yeah. and it's not easy uh, right though i would say that working with delhi government was in some sense not akin to working with government because things move just far too fast Uh, so that's kudos to the political will there right but that said um, there is there is need for systemic change in some of these systems these systems were designed 30 years back yeah. the education system was designed probably 200 years back 
and hasn't necessarily evolved. Our education system does not learn. Right? Until that changes, this is going to be really, really hard. So the, the good part is that there are now leaders, political and educationists, who are starting to bring about or start to question some of this and bring about change. Uh, but I, I think this is going to take some time. This is yeah. going to be an effort. So, so, so some of these are essentially, you know, uh, things you can try from outside. Yeah. But, you know, the, the soul of the system hasn't changed. Yeah, so I, I uh, still feel uh, a large reason for uh, the system to continue to operate as it does is the demand for, uh, for signaling systems for the rest of the world uh, about certain level of credibility and quality. And in my opinion, the only way that would change is if that gets democratized or that gets changed. So if you're, the reason your 10th grade or 12th grade or the name of your college uh, matter a lot mm-hmm. is because there isn't a better proxy today. Yeah. If you can create better proxies for, hey, I have done such amazing projects, right? Uh, and through that, if if I could rate somebody on curiosity or grit, right? And I had a grit score that, hey, this person is so gritty, right? That they've, they've ended up walking 30 kilometers uh, at one stretch or 3,000 kilometers over a month uh, and they have the grit to continue my willingness to engage with such people would probably increase dramatically. Yeah. Um, so, and today we do not have those scores. Right? Uh, I think another large challenge is that our education system and our HR systems continue to be focused on knowledge. Yeah. So I would interview you mm-hmm. and you would tell me the right answers, right? Yeah. That, oh, when two teams are fighting, I will put them together in one room and then we will have a dialogue and the courage it takes to take to pull two fighting people in the room, uh, I have seen it in less than one out of ten people, right? One or two out of ten people are able to have the courage to like, hey, I will take like I am willing to be the bad guy, but yeah. let's come in and talk. Nine out of ten know this is the right thing to be done, but don't do it. Yeah. Uh, but we continue to assess: Do you know exactly. versus do you do? Yeah, right. yeah I think uh, our lack of understanding of soft skills. Yeah. Because we have always looked at, you know, that arts and soft skills are for losers. Yeah. You know, fundamentally. Right? So here my hypothesis is that um, human beings are gamers. We love games. We love doing what can be measured. Yeah. Exactly. So whatever is easy to measure versus more important, uh, guess what? The what's easy to measure, whether it's GDP, which is easy to measure and hence that hence drives so much of our behavior versus what is right to measure. Uh, or in this case, hey, we've standardized tests for maths. I would argue that you can't measure somebody's mathematical ability. Right? Uh, you have one standard test and that becomes the gold standard. But I could argue that hey, that's flawed. And the same thing applies with confidence or grit or independence. Uh, problem solving, decision making. So all of those, uh, we may end up taking shortcuts like, okay, here is a standardized test for problem solving and decision making and create an SAT like test and that may help companies hire better. Uh, and as that changes, then hopefully the education system starts relooking and rethinking some of this. But I feel 
I think that infliction is unlikely to go away that we would stop being gamers. I think that's a disease that human beings have and I think we'll continue to be gamers. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I mean, there'll be one class of people who will, who will go through an entrepreneurial mindset. Mm-hmm. The others will be academic, you know, uh, and I guess it's a function of, you know, who gets too exposed to what. Yeah, I think for a country like India, though, it's it's fairly clear that um, academic success is possible for the top 3%. Yeah. Right. And guess the percentage of people who would be in the top 3% is only 3%. Yeah. So the 97% uh, are not necessarily going to find academic pathways to success mm-hmm. or academic pathways to even a yeah, good life. Access to it. Yeah. Yeah, because it is limited, right? So it is top 3%. It doesn't matter that overnight, if I had a magical wand that all engineers coming out of all engineering colleges were amazing engineers, I do not have places for them in the industry. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, that's so, what is happening with you, right? Yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I don't, I don't think the challenge is just with the education system, right? It is also with what can be done as, as employees. So it's, And hence, it's more and more important that people start thinking about problem solving themselves, start creating value and being entrepreneurs uh, versus waiting for someone else to give them a job. Yeah, I I think the whole notion of creation is missing in India. Uh, I mean, the one thing I love about US in general, the whole thought process is that you see a lawyer who can read code, right? And they don't, it's sort of an awkward thing. Right? I mean, I know many such people who are very active in the development community, who are like lawyers or artists, you know. But in the education system, and I wouldn't blame the education system, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's more of how what we expect out of education system. Yeah. So I, I, I think there I feel, so what you're saying is right. Uh, and again, these are right or wrong in gradations. There are more diverse set of people uh, yeah. who do variety of things in the US versus in India, though now I'm seeing a lot more of them happen exactly. in India too. I think some of it is just a degree of uh, where we are in Maslow's hierarchy, right? Like my parents could not take the risks that I'm taking. Yeah. Right? They had to do things for just ensuring that we had food on the table. Uh, and I feel like US crossed that, but 30 years before, uh, for, or a large percentage in US crossed that m- much earlier. So you, they are mm-hmm. at least a generation ahead yeah. in in that. And I do feel, I do see that like at them, there is somebody who's a lawyer, there's somebody who's been a marketeer, there's somebody who's an IIT, IIM, and then is working at them. So, and then there are people who've dropped out of the education system and are working at them. So I feel the breadth or the diversity uh, of who can and what, Mm-hmm. How can they bring value is increasing even in India. Uh, the stereotypes are stronger. Yeah. The storytelling is stronger. But guess what? Our population is also large. Yeah. So even if a small percentage starts doing some things differently, you have a large number of people actually trying out things very, very different. Uh, right. And I have enough crazy examples for your Think Different campaign. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole creation revolution is happening. Yeah. 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 I agree. Uh-huh. I think people are trying to take, go back and think like, hey, who am I? How do I create value? How can things be different? And Um, I see more of that in tier two than tier one because tier one kind of forces you to also, uh, you know, look for a fancy life. I'd I'd love to understand that more. I I do think 
I, I think both of them come at, at it from a different end. Tier 1 obviously has higher privilege mm-hmm. and hence in some sense higher risk-taking abilities. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And some of them are hence able to do it that way. With Tier 2, it's almost lack of access to a whole bunch of other things. And hence they end up being far more creative yeah. and doing things that you otherwise didn't think was possible. Exactly. So there's, I've, I think there's creation happening in different forms yeah. uh, across the board. And you're also running Udyam Vyapar, right? Yes. So, so first of all, what is it and what's the like, thesis of it? So Udyam Vyapar works with uh, small businesses. Uh, by small businesses, think of a chai shop around the corner or your istriwali or your istriwala who irons your clothes on a tailor. So those are the kind of people that we work with, with the simple ambition of enabling them to scale and succeed, uh, right? The hypothesis there is that, uh, again, there's far higher human potential, they can actually grow. And the simple insight there is that every small company uses what I call the five levers of success, uh, marketing, finance, technology, HR, effective or professional execution. Almost no small business intentionally uses any of them. They don't think of marketing, they don't think of finance, they don't think of technology, HR, or even simple effective execution. So we run simple experiential learning for them uh, where they where they play a game without a goal and then they play a game with a goal. And guess what? When they play a game with a goal, they perform much better. And then we ask them, what is your goal for your business? And they're like, oh, to kabhi socha nahi. Okay. Like, see if you want to think about it and then there are businesses who start thinking about it and then have started growing, right? And we are okay with the goal not being financial, Yeah. right? Exactly. We are okay with whatever goal you want to decide, right? But we feel that the, that the economic and the social factor that they are at, economic growth is extremely important for them to have choice in many, many other domains. So something as simple as this, which is goal setting or like how do other people talk about you, which is marketing or being able to figure out like, hey, what are better avenues? So on technology, for example, we've been able to figure a way for the ironing folks to move from coal as an energy source to LPG. We tried solar first, realized that the intensity that these guys need is not available with solar. So we tried LPG and it's working. And we're at a point where almost 700 of them have now moved. Uh, We have inbound demand from multiple places. This is now scaled to multiple cities, um, tied up with IOCL and others who are now starting to distribute this. So this is a fairly simple insight that, hey, why should coal be used when there are better energy sources available? It's just that people haven't thought about, oh, how can technology be applied to what you are doing to make it more efficient or make it better? And also, it's a function of design process, right? Design thinking process. So we hit it only because we spent time with them, right? Like we we wanted to figure out like, hey, what are their core problems? Right? Design thinking starts with empathy. And I think that's been hard, right? That if you were, we've grown up in very, very different places and lifestyles. And to then be able to spend time with them and really, really empathize and understand. Uh, But that's core to what and how them operates. So we've been able to arrive at a few answers. I feel, so we have literally no competition. Like there is there is nobody working. Uh, or now maybe with likes of Khata Book and a few others getting funded, people are realizing that, hey, there is a large market here. 
that these people drive a very very large amount of Indian economy and you can actually enable them to grow dramatically. So compared to new demand being garnered or being cornered only by large brands, yeah. actually new demand can be cornered by the small entrepreneurs a lot more. Small entrepreneurs have many advantages. Yeah. So that's what Udhyamgapa does. Awesome. So, so what's next for you then? I mean, what are you doing? We've just gotten started. I think, like I said, Udhyam Shiksha's ambition is that, hey, one, every young person experiences something entrepreneurial in their student life. The next level ambition is that other subjects get taught like this. And the highest level ambition is that we are actually able to help reform what happens between grade 6 and 12. Yeah. Uh, right? That was probably last thought of maybe 50 years back. It's long past its expiry date. We really, really want to rethink what our young people go through in that age. And that's just Udyam Shiksha. With Udyam Vapar, there is absolutely no reason why an Indian chai shop cannot be earning as much as an East European cafe. Right? At least in the urban setup. As in, I, I do not understand rural India as much. We, we have a lot to do, lot to learn there. But make that happen. Right? Like, especially those who want to grow, those who want to actually be able to create more value, they should have access to tools uh, to enable them to grow and as in succeed in their lives. Awesome. Awesome. So, wishing you all the best and uh, it was great having you. Thank and, you. you know, really all the best to put them and for making this happen. No, thank you so much. I feel... Uh, it's an interesting and important problem statement. So I just hope that a lot more people start thinking about what are their problem statements. Yeah. What is it that they care about? And there are enough around us, right? It's, it's silly to let your problem statements in life to be determined by your social structures or what is success defined by others. Uh, I feel as more and more people start waking up, we'll start solving amazing problems in the country. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode on Next Big Watt Radio. Do check out our other content that is sure to give you some actionable insights. Make sure to follow us and do share with friends if you enjoyed this.